Good morning. Welcome to yet another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It is Brian Prudhomme. It is Dave Cook. It is Saturday, most importantly. Hope everybody's weekend is off to a great start. If not, leave that up to us because we'll have fun for the next couple of hours. Dave Cook, good morning, sir. Now, it's not uncommon for me to see you during our busy weeks because, of course, we do games together, what have you. But the summer is usually Saturday to Saturday. This week... It was not. No, Monday it was, was not. a big deal in your family and a big deal in general. Yeah, no. Uh, thank you, everybody who came by the um, the uh, experience, the celebration of life for Dad was really cool. We had almost a hundred people total uh, come in and out. We had people from what did we figure ten states around the country, right? And, um, all over the place. Mom said that she had best friends from four different segments of her life uh, that were there, which was kind of cool and course we got to hang out a little bit ted was there john carlson was there i mean the, we had a lot of love from the radio right from the sports they had a broadcast nation in attendance yep yep say so, no and uh probably the the two people that really got me a little bit was we had julianne vazicek uh the women's hockey coach and mike Cavernin, the head coach of saints football also took a couple minutes out of their time you know football's getting ready to crank up right so the fact that they took some time out, and I mean, it was really cool. Absolutely. That was pretty heartwarming in general. We'll talk a little bit more about coaches throughout the day today. One thing about the ceremony on Monday that I wanted to ask you about, a couple weeks ago we dressed almost exactly the same. <laughs> and we had some fun with it on social media outlets, if you will. We both wore grayish silver shorts, which we didn't notice the bottoms until the show started. I have those shorts on again today. I do not. Close circuit to everybody. But we had black kind of novelty T-shirts on that have fun sayings on them. Mine was part of the wedding that I was performing. It was, I was ordained online, don't worry, the wedding will be fine. And yours was, free hugs, just kidding, don't touch me. Yep. That's where I'm going to springboard into a question I had from Monday. Because I only got to see your mom for about 45 seconds. And I got to give her a hug and say hello and goodbye in the same statement, basically. She was a hugger. How come that didn't get passed on to you, or did I just get lucky and your mom's not? I think it's the last one. Although, I think when you get older, it becomes more important. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't have an answer for it, Brian. I did, I'm, my mom's not always been a hugger either. Like, so I was going to say, did you miss that personality trait, or did she find it later in life, and maybe you will too? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, you know, I've, I'm a lot more huggery than I used to be. Right. Um Oh, you said Ted was there. He doesn't leave you with much choice. No, he does not. And don't stick your hand out to shake Ted's hand because he throws it aside. Um, but it was really good. It was good to see him, too. Um, I mean, it was fun that he was there. The um, mom mom did pretty well. I mean, I wasn't sure how she was going to do with all the speeches and stuff that happened. And, right. And uh, But she, she hung in there pretty well. So Speaking of all the speeches, and, of course, you're a tremendous public speaker, hence why you're going to be on the mic with me today for two hours and you're with me every week and the plethora of sports announcing that you do but this celebration of life for your dad was advertised as an open house so that's certainly how my wife and i took it yep. now did we get there at the very beginning no did we get there at the very end no we tried to get there in the middle thinking well it, it should be going that'll be perfect timing well nobody said that there was going to be a time where it was going to be like an awards banquet and there were going to be people on the podium I was that guy that showed up at what I felt was the exact wrong time. Nah, we, I didn't know that either until I got a tap on the shoulder and said, you got to go say something. Right. All right, well, something I can do. My favorite moment was as we were approaching the entrance because, again, shout out to the folks at Scholastica and Summers Hall for the hospitality for the whole thing. But I had never been there. I've been to the College of St. Scholastica many times. Summers Hall, I only knew that it existed because it was on the invitation. I wasn't sure exactly where that was. So there was some exploratory moments for Jen and I, making sure we got to the parking lot and to the right building. Well, as we were walking up, Jen actually said, oh, there's people clapping. I think that's the wrong room. <laughs> and it turned out there were people clapping for stories about your dad because they were very entertaining. Yeah, no, they, they were good and they were heartfelt. Um, you know, everything talking about uh, patients to calling randomly, uh, celebrating something, it was... It was kind of cool, you know, and, and those stories I hadn't heard before. Right. So that was fun. And, of course, the ones you had heard, you actually told as well. I think the most touching to me, obviously, was the connection your dad felt with this show because we felt connected to him. We still do. Mm -hmm. Both of our dads gone too soon, but we're still very connected to them. But the pride he took in this show, pretty cool. Yeah. To the point where it was almost a little surprising, especially at the beginning. 
like it was cool that he cared, but it always seemed like okay, you might care more about this than I. Do. Right. And, That's okay. Uh, I've actually said that about you. So the yeah, apple doesn't fall right, too right, far. Right. The um, having having him call after the shows or or the the big one for me, and and I mentioned it at the thing. The last thing he did, the last thing he listened to coherently was the show. Right. Like he he turned it on and died like the next day. So. Yeah, pretty yeah. touching moments. Certainly a big part of this show. We're gonna miss him, but. In a way, if you believe in divine intervention or the afterlife or what have you, I'm not going to go down that road too far, but kind of feels like both of our dads are still with us every time we do this for a couple hours per week. Yeah, if heaven's an apartment complex, uh, right. one of our dads... Or if knocked, it's got beer and a radio. Yeah, one of them knocked on the other door and said, hey, the boys are going to be on in like 20 right. minutes. What's going on? No doubt. So they love the show. Thankfully, our great sponsors love the show. We've got a list to pay homage to again this Saturday. Absolutely. Let's start with the car dealers, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, local dealers for the Hyundai and Toyota brand. Speaking of, two brands that are getting quite a lot of push lately uh, nationally for their, their new cars and a lot of their EVs and things like that. Pier B Resort, Mom and Dana went to Pier B yeah. and Silos the other day. Say, this is going to be a fun week for you because you really explored many of our sponsors yep. this week. Mom wanted to be right on the lakeshore. Right. They went there. They had a fantastic meal. Uh, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group. Goodness gracious, we were all over the Blackwoods Group this week. We right. went to London Road last night, Proctor Two Harbors, uh, Blackwater. We were at Tavern on Hill. Almost hit them all. I know. We were at the, yeah. We were at Tavern Hill early in the week. We spent some money at Blackwoods Group, and we suggest you do the same. Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Kraus Heating and Cooling, your carrier, carrier in Northeastern Minnesota, your carrier, HVAC authorized dealer, Justin May at Messina and Associates, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing, and the original Aurora Architecture Studio. So much enthusiasm behind those sponsors today. I got to add one more. Comfort Systems, our friends there, invite you to sign up for a service appointment. Do it online. I mentioned you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. You will receive $20 off said service appointment. You can do that again online at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. And you mentioned Mount Royal Bottle Shop. I want to tag on a couple things to that. It is Saturday again, and that means 10% off all Hoops products we love when our sponsors work together. 100%. I was telling you about last night's trip to, to, Black, to Blackwoods on London Road. My son, Aaron, he says, she goes, what would you like to drink? What would, you, would you like this? And I'm like, ah, no, but I guess I have to. Aaron said, Tell me about your hoops product. And she goes, raspberry wheat. He said, done. I'll take that. And it is a lot like me when it comes to consuming food and beverage because I do the same thing. I phrase it, if Aaron's listening, I say, what's your hoops rotator? Because different restaurants have different beers from hoops available. And usually they say peach pear or raspberry wheat. And I say, done. Say no more. Give me one. And so today you can go to Mont Royal and... Say the same thing. And get 10% off. That's right. And so, like you said, that's that's how the world goes round. Take uh, take care of one of our sponsors. Absolutely. So sponsors working together. We mentioned Mount Royal with the 10% off hoops. Wednesdays at Mount Royal are fun for everybody if you like wine. Because it's Wine Wednesday, and that doesn't mean complain about Minnesota sports, but we can do that too. But for wine consumers, 10% off all wine on Wednesdays at Mount Royal Bottle Shop. And speaking of Wednesdays and Blackwoods, as you mentioned before, Blackwater has a pretty cool Wednesday deal. Healthcare Professionals Day every Wednesday. With a valid work batch, 20% off all of your food and drink at Blackwater. There's live music, there's hors d'oeuvres, there's martinis. I don't work in healthcare, but sign me right up. Yeah, and you know, once again, we need to continue to tip our hats to our our, uh, healthcare, you know, we healthcare providers, you know, all the stuff that went on in Duluth this week that, that weren't always positive. You know, sometimes you get... You know, well, you know, I have a buddy who used to be an ambulance driver. Yes. And uh, he used to talk about um, the stress when something came in you weren't expecting. Like if they told you to go someplace and you were going to run into this, you kind of steeled yourself for it, right? But when you got something that you didn't expect, uh, that's what got through to your soul and, and really bothered him. And I know that there are healthcare professionals that face the same thing, right? Right. And the idea that you can go and just kind of put your feet up and relax a little bit at one of our sponsors is a big deal to us. It is. It really is. You know, our listeners joke that you guys have so many sponsors now, you could use another hour just to talk about them. And we went, yeah, you don't want us on for three hours. And maybe they don't, but I'll tell you what, the first half of that story is right. You could spend an hour just raving about our sponsors. Yeah, it's it's truly right. And and everybody who's listening has probably interacted with one of them. You know, Dana and I got to get an air exchanger in the house, right? To because 
For some reason, they took out the central air and they put in a water heat, and so we can't get air conditioning. Well, you live in Duluth, so you say we won't need it, and then there was this week. Yeah, but you know Dana and I don't like that. Yeah, you're stuff, like so. me. You sweat my existence. Yes, and so uh, once we get the air exchange in, guess who we have to call? I'm going to guess Krauss or Comfort Systems. Comfort Systems, yeah. because they'll be the ones who will come and take care of it as time goes on. So, all right. Yes, all of our sponsors intertwine. Absolutely, and you talked earlier about how touching it was to have coaches that you interact with as well, pay homage to your dad or basically support you because a lot of people will say you don't go to funerals or celebrations of life always for the deceased. You go for the family members of the deceased. Those coaches meant a lot to you. Really did. And it was fun to talk to half about, you know, dad played dad played college football. So it was kind of fun to say, okay, so he played cornerback, he played a little bit of fullback, but he also played on the defensive line. Right. This is obviously uh, not this current, although Brian Flores might be okay with that. Well, and the Vikings defense could use just about anybody that's willing to be serviceable. Except for the guy that couldn't see because he wouldn't wear his glasses when he played defensively. Well, there's that. He may have dropped more than one interception. But, uh, hey, it was really cool to have to have coaches just to talk about stuff with. Absolutely. And we interact with coaches so often. Don't get me wrong. We love athletes to an nth degree. But as we've gotten older, I think we've felt a little more connected to coaches. The Red McDonald, the C.J. Osuchikus, Steve Potosha, Mike Randolph. Brandon Flaherty, of course, maybe number one with a bullet for you. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Williams from Scholastica Hockey. Uh, Dave Riles, we've talked about. Right. We've talked to a hundred times. Yeah, we've all got these Dave Stanninger. Yeah, more if you don't mention that, I'll well, do it. Well, and, and Sean Bartlett now, who right. was a player for me and was uh, assistant coaches and coach on the other team, and now he's Marshall's coach. I mean, those and kind of... Don't bonkers. forget a guy who sat in your chair, Joaquin Harris, coached his share of sports as well. Absolutely. Coaches... The thing about coaches is they tend to be the constant when we're dealing with high school kids who right. rotate every four. Absolutely. So that got us thinking about coaches, not just at the local level with the plethora of names we just listed. And, of course, if we left anybody off, we apologize because just as we said, we could spend an hour raving about our sponsors. We could spend hours, plural, raving about coaches that mean a lot to us, Pat Andrews, et cetera. The list goes on and on. But it got us thinking about coaches, and our opening topic almost every week is something to do with pro sports. And today is going to be no exception, but because we've been busy talking about coaches pretty much since Monday afternoon, we thought, well, we've done things with coaches before. We've talked about coaches that were kind of a laughing stock of a franchise. Those stick out for right or wrong reasons. They become talkers, certainly. We've talked about coaches, how we would rank them over the years. We're not necessarily going to do that today as much as we're going to take the trip down memory lane in terms of timing. We're going to talk about the big four from Minnesota, the Vikings, Twins, I think we have to do Wild and Stars together probably again. We do. And the Timberwolves. But we're going to talk about coaches in terms of timing like this. Who was the coach when you first became a fan? Who was the coach you were the biggest fan of? And who was the coach that you wish it would have gone better for? Which is not necessarily, well, this guy was terrible. He just kind of thought he was going to be a little better than he was or wished it had gone better. And in some cases... There are more than one. I mean, you choose the same coach for more than one of those, by the way. Um, and why don't you start? I was going to say, there's you the Justin May treatment. You pick the sport. Well, let's start with the Wild and the North Stars because I'm going to make a segue off what you just said because you said there's going to be some categories where you might pick the same guy for more than one. And when it comes to the Wild, sure, I'd like to include the North Stars a little bit, but my North Stars following doesn't involve a whole lot more than Bob Ganey. So I'm not necessarily going to go that direction, although he could be the one that said, who was the coach when you became a fan? And for me with the North Stars, it probably was Bob Ganey. But if I look at the Wild, and there are lots of coaches we could talk about because the ironic part of the middling franchise that is the Minnesota Wild, they do not have a head coach in their history with a losing record. Isn't that amazing? So as much as Minnesota sports kind of hangs their head and says, we're Loserville, USA, you know, quoting PA directly, talk about him to end the show today, but as much as we talk about how much woe is me and we lose, the Wild franchise does not have a losing record associated with the head coach. So for me, it's kind of like the slot machine jackpot when you go 777 across and the money comes flying out. For me, it could be Jacques, Jacques, and Jacques. Because who was the coach when you became a fan? The Wild's first coach was Jacques Lemaire, obviously. Who was the coach that you were really a fan of? This was an expansion team that had nobody when you looked at a roster. But, man, they had a league-renowned, league-respected, world-respected in the global sense of hockey coach, Jacques Lemaire, who's a coach you wish it would have gone a little better for. He had, we had one tremendous season until he ran into J.S. Jaguar. That's Jacques Lemaire for me again. So 
boring radio. This is what happens when you make me start. But it's Jacques, 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 even though we can talk about Mike Yo, We can talk about Everson. We can talk about Torchetti if you want. You know, there's there's lot Todd Richards if you really want to. There's lots of guys we can talk about. So the the guy who was coach when uh, when I got into it, um, I, I honestly it was it was Al Shaver for me when I was little, right? Okay. But the and first see, for me that doesn't resonate with coach at all. That's I'm turning on the radio. That's right. what I want to well, hear. Right. Yeah. But that's when I was little. Right. The coaches didn't matter. My the first coach that I really wanted to see succeed really got me into it. Right. Uh, was Glenn Thonmore. And okay. that's because Sonmore was also involved with the Gophers, and everybody said that what Sonmore was going to bring was a crazy breakneck fireway in hockey, which is fun. And so that's the one who really got me into it, right? Um, the one who I really wanted to see succeed, who didn't, I mean, who did sort of was Boudreaux. I mean, sure. I really like... He's kind of the forgotten one for me. I he was really the other big like name. Him. If you ranked him in terms of big name head coaches... It's Jacques, then it's Bruce. Yeah, and and you know those are the two big ones for me. Those those are my those are my two. Okay, which coach were you most entertained by? So there's a there's a couple of those. So Torch, for me, it is Mike Yo. See, Torch works for me too, but he wasn't here long enough, right. really. Um, and it wasn't Bob Gainey because he was dry as as toast. Right. So go back. Is it Pierre Paget? It is not, but I have it written down. Nice. It, it is Glenn Sonmore because okay. he was. Think about the things we liked about Bruce Boudreau, and now make him Sonmore and make him one of us. Because Sonmore was the same kind of, quote, machine, goofy, super intense, slap shot kind of guy right. who made hockey fun. So Sonmore's my answer for those two. God, I'm old. Well, and see, for me, it is Mike Yo because I can't decide who he is or who he was trying to be. Because if you take him at face value, I can't tell if he's a tough guy or if he's a guy that you'd find in the corner of the library with his nose in a book nerdy guy. And I feel like that's part of why we hear all these rumblings of Adam Oates and Ryan Suter and Zach Parise just walked all over this guy. Well, he looked like he wouldn't hurt a fly. And then he's notorious for having practices where he flew off the handle. Well, myself included, have you ever seen a really nerdy guy get really angry? I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or not. I'm sure people laugh at me when I'm ticked off. But it just doesn't look right. So for all of his antics... That didn't look like it should come from a guy that doesn't have any antics. Mike Yo was entertaining for me. If not for Bruce Boudreau, it would have been Yo, who I wish it would have gone better yeah. for. Because, I mean, the thing about him was, like you said, nerdy. He always came across as honest. Like, earnest, maybe even is a better word for it. Not just not just honest, but he meant well as well. Right. And, it's, I mean, a guy like that it should go better for, but I think you're right. I think he, at that point, he was... Not old enough or mature enough to have the job. All right, so I don't know if that was the kickstart you want, but that's the danger you get when you ask me to start a topic. Usually I come up with them, and then I let you go the distance for us. So I started with hockey, and hopefully that's recognition of where we live, and that satisfies a a section of listeners, certainly. But I'm going to let you pick where we go from here. Okay, so I want to finish with baseball. So let's let's go NBA next, because my answers across the board are pretty much like yours, except it's Mussy. Well, it is similar, (laughs) because... Again, with the Wild, who was the coach when he became a fan, I was just excited for them to start. So the first coach kind of gets that mantra. That is it for the Timberwolves. Although I could go your direction, too, and say, you know, you said Al Shaver was more important to you with the North Stars. Kevin Harlan was more important to me than Bill Musselman was. But Bill Musselman was the coach when I became a fan because I was a Celtics fan until the Timberwolves got here. I'm still a Celtics fan, but Timberwolves kind of slid in front of them. I was just excited to have NBA basketball in my home state because until I was 10, yes, I heard Minneapolis Lakers stories, but that was like mythical creatures to me. Right. There was no NBA in Minnesota. You know, snarky people will say there still isn't. But, you know, you look at it that way and you, and you back to Bill Musselman just because, hey, we're here. See, and, and in my life. And again, you have the gopher lineage. Well, see, but that's the thing. Dad was a huge gopher basketball fan, right? And so we would talk about sweet Georgia Brown and how, you know, Mussy made – the gopher basketball experience people came to watch all the entertainment and then of course he let his kids just get off the hook and we always said around the house boy he would have been a great professional coach because he didn't really care about the school part right right and then he became our head coach so it was all of a sudden oh my gosh the guy we've been talking about since i was old enough to listen about gopher basketball is now the guy right and so he always and, and he won but he won sloggy he didn't win exciting which you know over time I wish he would have done well because it's mussy, but that brand of basketball was tough. Well, and I still think the bummer for Bill Musselman is this was an expansion team that was supposed to behave like one long enough to build itself into a contender. 
I'm not going to sit here and say that Bill Musselman kind of regressed the growth of the Timberwolves, but I know it was believed that, hey, this team is winning too much too fast, and they're not going to be good enough to be a factor, and they're not going to be bad enough to build. Yeah. So I think there was a thought that Bill Musselman is kind of a gimme 25-30 win guy. As an expansion team, we need to win like 15, while the Timberwolves found five, six other coaches that could do that instead. You mentioned it's the same across the board. Is Musselman the guy that made you a fan? Yep. I know he was but, the guy that was the coach when you became one, but did he make you one long-term? You're still hanging on to Bill Musselman? Yes, I, I am because it, it's not, it was him as the basketball coach of the Timberwolves, but it was his. In our house, he was a legend, sure. right? And so it's always been Mussy. I mean, the next guy is the guy you're going to pick across the board, right? And, and it's kind of... Well, no, Bill Musselman, you and I match there. So I'm not across the board here. But I'm going to take the easy one. Yeah. It's Flip. He's the other guy. Because they were actually good. And we couldn't believe that we were a factor. But as far as gopher lineage, I knew Flip played there. Had no idea if he was any good or not. Yeah, and he was a you know, backup point guard. Yeah. But guess who recruited him? Bill Muscle. Mussy. Yeah. Now, he was a kid when Mussy recruited him. But, um, um, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting how the... Timberwolves had so many bad coaches that you can point out the couple. Well, and that's what makes the final category fun because there's a lot of coaches that we could say we were embarrassed by. And notice we didn't throw that category into this opening topic today. And we also didn't throw the category in of who's the best coach. So if you're listening to this going, I can't believe they didn't bring up so-and-so, you may not hear about Bud Grant today. You might, but you might not. But for the Timberwolves having so many, let's call it struggling coaches, there were bad ones, but there were also struggling coaches I'm interested to see who you picked for who you wish it had gone better for. Not necessarily who you wish had been around longer, but who it had gone better for. Yeah. The most embarrassing one, can we just say Karambas step right up? Oh, Randy Whitman was pretty bad. Or Bill Blair. Or Sidney Lowell. So, I mean, that's why this is fun. The, uh, the, um, the guy I wish it would have gone better for, honestly, and this is going to sound silly, um, is, is McHale. Because he was... He, it was almost like he's the guy that made the bad cake. Right. He screwed up all the ingredients. And so at the end of the day, somebody said, all right, it's your cake, buddy, eat it. And so it would be, it would have been really, it would have been nice if it had gone better for McHale across the board, every role that he had with the Timberwolves. Well, I think everybody felt like it had to because you don't see somebody go basically from being the puppet master and putting the roster together to say, okay, you built it, now go coach it. Yep. It'd be interesting if we could do that in all sports. See what Derek Felvey does with the group that he's put together, but I digress, right? But I had a hard time because you know who my pick is going to be because I think he should have never been fired when he was. Dwayne Casey got a terrible, terrible, terrible hand dealt to him with the Timberwolves. He was finally starting to build. He was basically getting this team towards 500, and they said, we've had enough. And I looked at the coaching history and went, really? What, are we allergic to 500? He's too close. But so Dwayne Casey's kind of my obvious choice because it's the 1500th time in six years on this show that I brought him up. But there are others too. There, and I know who you're going to go with because we missed him. I, I should have said do. it. I don't think you do because it's going to be a bit of a homer pick by me, not in terms of Minnesota, but it's going to be, you know, I love the Celtics. Well, because I loved the Celtics as a kid, I knew Casey Jones was the guy. And I knew Jimmy Rogers was his right-hand man. Interesting. So I thought, well, Jimmy Rogers came from championship pedigree being part of the Celtics bench. We got Jimmy Rogers. Here we go. We went nowhere. Jimmy Rogers was god-awful. You know who we forgot? Tibbs? Rick Adelman. I did love him. Yeah, and he got, he, the reasons that didn't go well for him have well, everything think, to do with injuries and, and illnesses. I think that's why I didn't look at it that way, because I don't feel like the brass made a bad decision on him. I don't think... He was dealt a bad roster. They just said, here's a great roster. Watch them all get hurt with their very first step. Speaking of, hat tip to Ricky as he backs out of NBA. Yeah, breaking news this morning. Ricky Rubio putting his career in the NBA on an indefinite hold. They didn't use the word retirement, but indefinite hold is a little scary. And citing mental health as the reason, that can be scary too. Yeah, truly, truly, truly is. All right, so let's go NFL because we're going to finish with baseball. All right, so again, this isn't the category of who's the best coach in the history of the franchise because we know who that yeah, is. It's a no-brainer. And yes, did he coach a year while I was alive? Absolutely, because when he returned to coaching, I was on this earth. But the coach when I became a fan was Burnsy. It was Jerry Burns when I attended my first game in October of 86. Jerry Burns, even then, looked like he was about 104 years old. And his rants were historic for a reason. He was the coach when I became a fan but the coach right after him is the one that really made me one. 
Denny Green did a lot of weird things, and he was quotable for a lot of weird sayings. I got a chance to meet him and speak with him when I worked at a TV station in Duluth and got to cover a playoff game. I thought the guy was awesome. He didn't look at defense at all. We just played offense and tried to outscore everybody, but a lot of the time it worked. And growing up a little bit in the Burnsy era and not being used to the team being any good because I wasn't around during any of the Super Bowls, Purple People Eaters, etc., Burnsy had us okay. My thoughts with Denny was this team's always at least going to be good. Not great, but always good. So it's Burnsy, Denny, and then I think we have more fun debating together who we wish it had gone better for, so I'll wait on that. So the coach, it's hard when you are so young. The Vikings were really good, and it was just kind of the way it was supposed to be. I was going to say, you've got 11 years so, on me. They were good when you were a little little. Yeah, but, but Grant was... He was a pillar. He wasn't somebody to be like a fan of. He was a mythical creature. He was. He and he was a mythical creature when he was coaching. He was a mythical creature up until he passed this past March. So I will tell you, the guy who made me a fan was indeed Jerry Burns because he changed. I mean, that's, the the bad coach was there for a year. What's his name? Schnelker. No, that's not right. He's the offensive coordinator. Who was the coach that was brutal? Which one? Steckle? The first Steckle. Okay. And then, and then Bud came back to make sure that the Vikings didn't implode as a franchise. But then the guy that Bud wanted to be the head coach became the head coach and, and made things good again. And they made things fun again. And Jerry, if he was not anything else, he was fun. Um, but you're right about, about Denny. Denny Green. I, I remember his first, I remember the new sheriff in town press right. conference. Right. And, the Vikings were in a malaise, right? They were just a 500 football team, and listen, and, and not not as good. And then to hear Denny come in and say, "This is my deal," and he was the first African American coach that we had, and he was coming from college. There were so many unknowns for him to stick his flag in the ground. It felt there was a confidence now all of a sudden, and that was just his first right. press conference. Well, you and I were talking the backup plan for the opening topic today because, believe it or not, we come up with a few and we pick one. The backup plan was, of course, this is our first show here on the Northland Sports page for the month of August. And August is when Major League Baseball and the NFL start to overlap. NFL preseason kicked off back on Thursday. The Vikings will play this Thursday. And we were going to talk about, well, what year were you excited for both? Because I think this year would qualify because the Vikings are coming off a great season and the Twins are in first place. Well, I said to you, what about 1992? We talk about how the 92 Twins were actually better than 91. Something called Oakland kept them from being in the postseason. And 92 was Denny's new sheriff in town. Denny was exciting. Denny was exciting. He played a great brand of football. We talked about it with Flaherty and how come Marshall was good for so long. He played an exciting brand of hockey. I and remember not caring about preseason football. And then Denny's first year, we were beating teams like 56-3 to in the yeah. preseason. And you yeah. shouldn't buy anything from preseason football. But I think we all thought, well, they're going to be good. So who do you wish things would have gone better for? Mine's Mike Tice. Oh, man. Yours you too? live too much together. Really? Yes, because I love Tice. I, I loved too. his attitude, his personality with players, and uh, he was folksy. He would have been Jerry Burns had he stayed longer. And when he got let go, I understood it. But don't forget, I think they went 9-7 and seven in his final year. And that was the year that Dante's knee got shredded. He got let go. He and Brad Johnson were able to salvage that season. And I think that team that got Nate Poole in Arizona kind of quit on him. He also, well, that too. But but he has a playoff win in Lambeau. I mean, he had things going for him. He was quotable too and maybe sounded like a moron. And I think maybe we were a little afraid that he was going to be Wayne Fonts 2.0, a little two players coachish. But Mike Tice, he was the tough guy inventor of that quote. Yep. I thought it was going to be fun for a couple more years of Mike Tice. I thought he had a chance to win. Um, the guy you wish it would have gone better for and it would, he would have had to change his entire personality is Chili. Because Chili, but listen, Chili. See, I didn't because he had everything right in front of him and he found a way to ruin it. That's my point. The way it would have gotten better for him is had he been able to change his personality. So Tice, we wanted success because of his personality. Right, because he was able to lead, and Chile had, a, you know, his kick butt offense. Right, um, he had good ideas. He just was a terrible a leader. And so, if had he become a leader, right, who knows? So, if I didn't pick Tice real quick, I wouldn't have picked Chile. I'd have picked the guy after him because Chile's rosters were great, but everybody said Chile's not a very likable guy. Well, supposedly the resolution to that was going to be keep this great roster and get a very likable guy in here. So they handed the keys to Leslie Frazier. 
That was an awful era of Vikings football. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's everybody who's talked about Leslie says you want great things for that nice of a person. Yeah, and and that's that's the trick to it is that he. We talk. I mean, we've talked about other guys who were just too nice of a guy. He was just too nice of a guy in a roster that had a bunch of guys that weren't all that nice. Right. So you wanted to finish with baseball. The unfortunate part of that is we're gonna have to fly through it because we're behind. We got to get to Dave, right. who is a ways away from us today. By yeah. the way, Gene Mock. Gene Mock's the coach that when Your I first became one? a fan. Yep. All right, can I give you a quick laugh? Because yes. he was the manager when I became a fan, and he was a manager for about maybe 50 more games. Mine was Ray Miller. Oh, my God. See, Ray Miller is the one that I was like, wow. And that's nothing more than timing. I'm not saying I liked Ray Miller. I'm saying it was summer of 1986, so, and I went, hey, the Twins are neat. It was Ray Miller. So Gene Mock was manager in your life longer than Ray Miller right. was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so the guy that I wish it would have gone better for... It's tough because, you know, we've been pretty successful. But for me, it is Gardy. Uh, Gardy was a, somebody who was very likable, who bled twins, uh, who always seemed to be close. And maybe it was because he was too nice. He didn't have the ability to stomp on somebody. But it was always Gardy. I wish it would have been better for. See, I go a different direction again because, again, there's just about a decade between us. For me... When I was the biggest fan of the Twins, it was the man who has two men's championships in this state for all of sports, TK, Tom Kelly. And then the guy who it should have gone better for was the guy who inherited Gardy's teams. I thought Gardy did well because he inherited TK's rosters. I wish Molly would have had it better. Molly's the one guy who played most of his pro sports career in Wisconsin who I still loved. And when he came here, I thought... No team is going to go first to third better than our team. No team is going to be more fundamentally solid than our team because that's Paul Molitor. That personality didn't creep in just enough. Someday we're going to find out what happened with Molly, and I hope we are okay with it. Absolutely. So that is our coaching tribute today. Coaches have such an influence on us, both, of course, professionally and locally. Everybody that coaches locally that we get a chance to cross paths with, thank you for everything that you do for sports in our area. When we come back, we're going to go overseas. One of our sponsors joins us from Paris. Stick around. We'll be right back. Back on the Northland Sports Page, a little international love from Pitbull. Why? Because we here at the Northland Sports Page are about to go international. Thanks to one of our great sponsors, Dave Cook, we have a list that we, again, want to give a lot of love to today. Absolutely, because we've had a chance to interact with a lot of them this week. Let's start with Aurora Architecture Studio, our original, the guy that kept the lights on when the world and karma tried to turn the lights off on all of us. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Justin May, Messina and Associates, Kraus Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations, Tavern on the Hill, Blackwaters, Two Harbors, Proctor, and London Road, where we were at last night. The ribs are still good, Brian. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. And our friends at Comfort Systems, they invite you to sign up online for a service appointment. Simply mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports page. You will receive $20 off that appointment. Visit ComfortSystemsTheLoop.com. Also, a couple additional promotions from the sponsors that Dave just read. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, it's Saturday. That means 10% off all Hoops products. We're going to talk to Dave in just a moment. And Wine Wednesday, 10% off all wine on Wednesdays, courtesy of Mount Royal Bottle Shop. And speaking of Wednesdays, Blackwater, that's Healthcare Professionals Day. 20% off everything at Blackwater. Live music for healthcare professionals. Wednesday is a great time to be at Blackwater. Anytime is a great time to be at Blackwater and all of our sponsors, including Hoops Brewing. But I can tell you who's not there right now. Dave Hoops is nowhere near his brewery right now. I hope you got a chance to look at your phone because he sent us what he's looking at as he joins us now in just a moment. I have not yet had that opportunity, but I can only imagine. Well, there's a text in there for you. I can tell you that our studios here at the Holiday Center are indeed beautiful. But Dave Hoops, you have a much more beautiful view this morning than we do Good morning here. Good evening, I believe, in Paris, France. How are you, sir? Um, I'm great. It's really nice to talk to you guys from actually from Nice. I'm in the south of France on the old uh, French Riviera. That's uh, you're looking at the Mediterranean with that wow. little picture there. It's pretty pretty blue. Yes. Yeah, that is outstanding. And of course, you're bringing Daisy Hoops back to France, which is part of your reason for travel. I got a chance to see her just before she departed as part of All Pints last week. Somehow I didn't see you. Now, granted, 44, 4,500 people there, odds aren't always great, but as you reflect on it, how would you feel it went? Because I had a blast again on a great Saturday at Bayfront. Uh, well, I did see you guys leaving. It was outside at the brewery, but um, so, you know, that's okay. But i got to tell you, it's an unbelievably successful um, event. Over the years, 11 years now, we've done a 
uh, fine-tuning it, that, I mean the guild. And um, so we, we've shortened it up so nobody gets, uh, you know, has too many beers, number one. The weather all but one year has been perfect. I don't know why, but it's maybe that. Mother Nature likes um, craft beer. That's all we know. Yeah, and, you know, and our breweries are making such great beer that we really have a major footprint on this festival. Everybody's happy. Uh, it's just a, it's a slam dunk. It's it's probably the premier fest in the Midwest, like I was saying last week. So just outstanding. It really is. And I'm going to check out its kid brother today. I'm going to go to uh, Cider versus Seltzer Wars down at the deck. Another good Saturday for it here in the area. But I want to talk about the area you're in right now because you do a great job of talking about all sports. And when I say that, I mean beyond the big four. You're a fan of a lot of things. Now, World Cup is obviously going. The U.S. has a huge game tomorrow morning. But in terms of France out there, are they pretty hyped about it? Because the women from France are doing better than good at last check. Yeah, it's actually been a really, really great World Cup. And I'm excited because at 11 o'clock my time tomorrow, the U.S. plays the Sweden, which is yeah, a... You have quite an advantage. we got to get up at 4 in the morning to see that one tomorrow. No, I know, I know. Sweden's ranked third in the, in the world. U.S. is one, and as you know, they struggled a little bit. But when you spoke of France, they're playing the first... Um, you know, I don't know if it's Arab country, but Morocco, um, a debutante team who made it into the round of 16. That's who France plays. Germany was knocked out, the second best team in the world, South Korea. Um, uh, who else is in it? Colombia uh, is, is playing Jamaica <laughs> this weekend. Uh, it's just, it's been great. And it's, I said last week, it's the most watched female sporting event in the world. So, so what? Set your alarm. Let's root for the U.S. Absolutely. I may be up quite early tomorrow to check it out because there's been so much made of the U.S. struggling, but when all is said and done, they advanced as we hoped they would. It's a matter of can they advance beyond tomorrow because they've got certainly a tough task. Speaking of tough tasks, I know what a big fan of American sports you obviously are. You are a ways away right now. There's that great invention called the Internet. Are you still hanging in on how the Twins are doing and latest football updates and things like that, or are you just in vacation mode? Well, I'm really not on vacation. I, I'm in dad mode. We started in Paris at our apartment, and we went to Lucerne, or Switzerland, and hung out with really great old friends, friends of Laura's. And then I took her to Milan. It was all about showing her around and thinking about where she may work. And now we're at Nice, where she starts school on Monday. Now, to answer your question, of course I'm following the Twins, who have to play the Detroit six games. Six games, they have to play them. With that little tiny Phillies in the middle, what one more back game today? They're doing fine and after that kind of rough patch against what KC. That's terrible. Yeah, they did play poorly yeah. against the Royals. I don't know if that's been softened a little bit by the fact that the Royals have won seven in a row. You're right. Game two of a three-game set with Arizona at Target Field is tonight. Uh, the big moment, and we're going to talk more about this in the second hour because Joe Vavra is going to join us. Joe Vavra was a hitting coach of another Joe, Mr. Maurer. He goes into the Twins Hall of Fame today. That's a pretty big moment for a generation, really. Say what you want about Maurer. There's a generation where he was the best twin for them. Well, and he's a local boy. Um, it's, it's just like, what's the guy's name? Uh, Walner? The, the Matt. Uh, Matt Walner, yeah. From Forest Lake. So. If Matt Walner yeah, goes um, on to have Joe pressure. Maurer's career, we'll, we'll be, if he becomes Joe Maurer with power, we're going to be in great shape. Yeah, well, Brian, I would, I would have tried to be there. You know, I, I, this is a... This is a huge thing. He's in, you know, he's in the discussion of the top ten Minnesota, you know, athletes, if not, well, certainly the top five baseball players for the Twins. Uh, I think it's great, and it's just like we always want to beg on cousins. You know, he hit for average, and he was a great player, and I don't have a problem with him at all. I don't have a problem with him either, and people that have listened to the show over the years are going to eye roll and go, yeah, right, you were one of his harshest critics. It wasn't really, for me, Maurer's performance at all. It was the fact that when Maurer's performance dipped, which I know injuries were the reason, fans to me turned somewhat of a blind eye about it and still treated him as though it was 2009 every year that he took the field. There was a significant dip in his production. We all know why. It just, like you said, people bag on Cousins for anything. I felt like people bag on Maurer for nothing. And it was just a different way of, of treating teams. Now, I have no idea what Dave Cook is trying to do across from me, but I'm going to give him the mic right now to chat with you. Well, I was trying to figure out when you said significant dip, what you were talking about. I oh, that's that. what you were doing. I tried to he was putting a chew thing. in. Yeah, Dave, Dave does, Dave's a little weird, Dave Hoops, if you didn't know that, but go ahead. <laughs> hey, Dave, I have some questions that I'd like to run past you today. Are you up for that? 
I am always up for it, Dave. Plus, it's about time to hear your beautiful voice. I'm ready. Yeah, well, well, I've been trying to take that dip out. If I only chewed tobacco, it would be kind of funny. I don't know if we're pushing for a different type of school sponsorship. But oh, go ahead. nice. Um, all right. Uh, so, Brian and Dave, I know you guys aren't huge professional wrestling fans, but let me phrase this That's question. not true. I love movies. I tell you that all the time. SummerSlam is today, and all week long, the wrestling world has been setting up matches that they'd really like to see. So I'm wondering, if you think about historically, if you could have a one-on-one cornerback versus wide receiver matchup, who would it be? This is kind of fun. Dave Hoops, go ahead. Well, I mean, okay. You know, I want to have... This would be really, really fun because you guys know that Ahmad is still my favorite receiver, or maybe Lynn Swan, in spite of JJ and all those other guys. So let's put Lynn Swan up against Dion and Prime. That's what I. That's my pick. Boom. That would be a fun matchup, and since Dave Hoops took Dion, I won't. Otherwise, he was certainly on my list too. Now I know these two played against each other, but I'm going to say Moss was in his rookie season, and Daryl Green was on the way out. So I'm not going to count that because in 98, I know the Vikings hosted Washington and they matched up, so to speak. But I want both of them in their prime. Now, the problem is Moss is so tall and can jump, I'm not sure there is a matchup. If you only have one defender on Moss, you probably lose. But I want those two at their top prime speed going head-to-head. The other question is, who's throwing the ball? Because that might make the matchup more entertaining. So the easy one for me was Moss versus Revis in their okay. primes. Yep. However, thinking after Dave said that, I am going to go after Dion, but I want to see Prime Dion against Prime Megatron. Because Calvin Johnson could run, and he was six foot five, and he was 200-some pounds, and Dion was the fastest guy, but he wasn't that big. And to see those two tussle would have been fun. You know what you want for guys that would just jaw at each other no matter what happened during the play? Maybe you want T.O. versus Revis. Oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that either one were the best at their position, but whoever won the battle, they'd hear about it for the next five plays. Antonio Brown and Fred Smoot. Right. Oh, gosh, what in the world <laughs> What in the world would happen? Whose shirt would come off first? Guys, can I throw out, you know, an old school that we haven't talked about? How about Lester Hayes against yeah. one of the young new guys? Yeah. Uh, that would be good. There'd be slop all over him. He'd be stuck to him, literally. <laughs> it would be yeah. beautiful. That would be fun. Be really fun. How about Lester Hayes against Terrell Owens? Because Terrell Owens wouldn't have taken it. That would have been interesting. All right, so um, I'm going to switch to college football real fast here, guys. So uh, if you didn't know, Dave, the Big Ten has truly become a... Almost the Big 20. Almost the United States. The Oregon Ducks will be part of it soon, Dave. Yeah, and Washington. They both joined the Big Ten. I'm I'm aware. I'm aware, and I'm really excited. One one (laughs) of the most comical things I've seen lately is Deion Sanders came out and said, what's wrong with college football? It's all about the money. Well, Deion... Let's just look in the mirror. Um, but I, here's my question. Who's right about this? Is is it too much player involvement? Is it turning into a professional league? Is it okay that there's these super conferences? I mean, where's college football at, in your opinion? In my opinion, I think it's okay. It's unfortunate that only the you know, Wells Fargo's and the giant corporations of the world can put out, you know, groups that can make this happen. Everybody wants to go to the Big Ten because they're solid, you know, Big 12, these other SEC schools and stuff. The the Pac-10 famous, famous conference can't keep it going. I think we're going all the way towards $40 million contracts for some of these kids. You know, we'll see this in 10 years. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be too much money. It's going to be like a minor NFL type league. I still love college football. I, I just said I love the fact that the Ducks are playing with the Gophers. It's entertainment, but I think it's heading towards big, big money. That's obvious. I do, too. I think it's fine because you can't stop it. I think it's just another step towards, if you want to call it revolutionizing a sport, that's just where we're headed. Like it or not, it's, it's the direction the game is going. The part that confuses me is with all these super conferences, I feel like if you're going to try that hard to invent rivalries that really aren't there, I mean, Dave Hoops is excited, but... You know, I don't remember other than one Sun Bowl, I think Billy Cockerham was the quarterback. I don't remember the Gophers and the Ducks having a big rivalry. So if you're going to try that hard just to create them and they don't exist, why not, instead of have giant conferences, have none? Just let everybody be independents and make their own schedule. I mean, we've talked about in pro sports, should divisions be abandoned? Now, every Twins fan will say no because that's what's keeping us alive. 
But if you're going to make them too big for their britches, and they are, the Big Ten is the Big 18 or whatever numerics it has now, why not just abandon it altogether? Have independence. Let the money makers play each other because they're going to put each other on the schedule anyway and just play it out. Yeah, college football isn't college football anymore, but that's an entirely it's a circus conversation. All right, so this last question is pretty big. Do we want me to do that, this one, or do we, we have time? We, we do need to hurry. We are behind. But go All right, ahead. so well, I talked to Brian a little bit about this beforehand, Dave, so that he's got a little bit of an advantage here. But it's Hall of Fame weekend in the NFL. So let's just say the NFL ended today. What current players, pick five, um, would be in that last Hall of Fame class? They have to be current. I don't want to go back and make up for mistakes. And picking five might take forever, so let's say, let's do it Panera style. Let's do pick two. Okay, um, Tom Brady. <laughs> there we go. That, and, you can't argue um, with it except for he already retired, but you're not wrong. Well, no, he's not in yet. Right. You know? I think. Um, and, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I just was going to clarify it if you didn't catch how Dave meant to phrase it. He means if the NFL ended today... Who is still active technically, as in hasn't retired yet, that would be into the Hall of Fame, even though the career technically as of right now is still going? It was tricky because I know when he said this to me, I said, well, you're going to get guys that aren't in yet, and we're going to name those. That's not what he meant. Who's on an active roster that's already done enough to be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, okay. That's easy. Pat Mahomes. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take yep. him. Yep. And let's, let me just go ahead and say it's ridiculous. It's AJ. Let's just extrapolate out 10 more years, and he's a, he's a gimme. That, that was too easy, I think. I cheated as well. That, that's okay, Sorry. though, because we're pressed for time. So this is we'll, we'll be the Houston Astros. We tolerate cheating just once, and then we'll slap on the wrist and move on. <laughs> so Dave said Mahomes, and he's right. I'm going to take a teammate of Mahomes that people can debate a little bit more, and I'm going to say Travis Kelsey is already in. Now, the tight end isn't as much of a gimme, but we talked last week about how that position has changed and become of value. At least if you've got one of the five best, you've got quite a weapon. I'm going to give it to him. On the defensive side, he's, he's a bit of a toolbox personality-wise, but I think Jalen Ramsey's done enough. I think you're probably right. I'm going to go with another defensive back. Uh, I'm going to go with the Badger. I think Honey Badger would get in because of his rings. And what about the guy that played here, Pat Pete? Yeah, and I, I think he I, I, he's a no-brainer. He's in. Um, but we forgot. I think we forgot the one everybody is in the radio world is screaming at the radio right now up here, and that's Raj, Aaron Rodgers. If he ended I up falling off, the, I just didn't want to talk about him. If he fell and got hit by a bus in New York today, he's in the hall. I was gonna say I already made a sacrifice for me in radio world. I spoke glowingly of Joe Maurer. You want me to speak of Aaron Rodgers in the same segment? What are you doing to me? But I do, like to talk, I do like to talk about hoops brewing anytime I can. Now, I know, Dave, you couldn't be further from it geographically, but give us a little insight as to what to expect, what to consume at the brewery here this weekend. Well, um, 100%. First and foremost, your weather's been great there, and outside drinking is uh, its the time of the year. It is the time of the year, so come on down. Uh, right now we've got um, the Munich 65, the, the German lager. It, it's a must-try I'm still pushing that champagne IPA because it's unique. Talked about it actually in an article about this thing this weekend you're going to. And then last but not least, UK Pale Ale is coming back. And I think you'll love that. Outstanding. Of course, the good news for us is you're coming back soon, too. We look forward to having you stateside. i tell you what, we'll talk later this week. We've got a big announcement late in the show that you probably won't hear, but I will share it with you because it definitely impacts next Saturday's show, and we'd love to have you with us. Glad to have you with us, even internationally today. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your dad vacation. Let's call it that. Thanks, Dave. Welcome. And welcome back to our house as well. Here on the Northland Sports page, we are downtown in the Holiday Center. We are sponsored by a great group of sponsors. We've given love to them all day. We just spoke to one, Dave Hoops, joining us internationally from France. We love that. It's time for Justin May. It's time for another week of Buy or Sell. Justin May is our realtor at Messina & Associates. You can reach him for all your buying and selling needs on the housing market, area code 218-310-9559, or you can simply log on and find all of his listings at mzr.com. We love buy or sell. In fact, we were raving about it, Dave, in the car on the way here. It's really become one of our favorite segments. should be fun again this week. It really is. It's nice to get Justin's take on some really interesting and, and uh, unique subject matter. Absolutely, and the housing market can be unique subject matter. Before we get right to buy or sell, because we want to do that quickly, but Justin, the latest and greatest news in the housing market, because I know it's tough right now. I know the inventory that is there isn't there long. What's the latest on your end? You know, I think it's kind of a unique thing that COVID uh, killed. Open houses kind of disappeared for 
two, three years, and I I see them coming back. They've been coming back steadily for a year, but this week it just kind of resonated with some really unique midweek open houses that were kind of cool and new ideas. You, you know, they don't last long. Seventy-two hours is the average of houses on the market before it's snatched up right now, or a little longer on the higher end markets, but very quick on the on the um, economically priced homes. But, yeah, open house is coming back. So if you want an open house, give me a call. I'd love to show your house. Absolutely. Again, that number, 218-310-9559. And, again, all those listings are available online, mzr.com. And that still continues to baffle me that the average housing length on the market is equivalent to basically a long holiday weekend, 72 hours. So if you're going to move, in the literal sense, move quickly. And we're going to move quickly to buy or sell today as well. Again, the game goes like this. If you're new to it, first of all, welcome. And where were you? It's one of our fun ones. But it goes like this. I'm going to give a statement for each of the four major leagues, MLB, NHL, NFL, and NBA as well. And then what I'm going to do is if I say that statement and you agree with it, you say buy and you tell me why. If I say that statement and you disagree with it, you say sell and you tell me why. Justin May has two main roles. One, of course, is his great takes on each league. And then the other is determine the order in which we play. How would you like to start today? Let's start with Major League Baseball. All right, so Major League Baseball is going to be very interesting for the Twins here down the stretch. They are in first place by two and a half games entering play today. Now, Joe Ryan has been less than good, and it turned out that he was dealing with an injury that it sounds like he didn't communicate with people very well about. The Twins are in a very rare situation. I don't remember the last time a team could call up a former Cy Young Award winner from AAA and say, you know what, we're going to have you start Sunday. So buy or sell that you believe that Dallas Keuchel can be a key figure in hopefully a division title. I'll buy that just because he had so much talent and hopefully he's he's had time to rehab and come back and put his uh, life back together or whatever went wrong. But just on talent alone, he's just as good as anything we have. I think it's an interesting question because Thank you. I'm, I'm going to tell you that to get there, no, but... Once you're in the playoffs, yeah, I think that having a guy like Dallas Keuchel who's been there and won, I think in a game two starting situation, having that guy come instead of the Uber driver, I mean, just think of the difference between those two things. I don't know that the Uber driver would be the answer. I would assume they'd give Louis Varlin another chance, but I'm not sure. No, no, no. I mean the difference between having a guy like Keuchel versus what they had to run out a couple years ago. Right. But I think I'm going to buy it, but I'm going to buy it like on clearance, if that makes sense, because let's let's face it, that's kind of how the Twins ended up with him. Yeah. He faltered big time his last two major league seasons, and somebody needed to give him a chance, and the Twins did, and he said he wanted to be in Minnesota. I hope he proves it. I think he can be great. We know that. He won a Cy Young Award, yes, a while ago, but not that long ago. But at the same time, I dread that we may find out that he's just a quadruple-A player. There's no such level. He dominated triple-A. His ERA has been around seven or eight the last two big league seasons. I'm very excited, and I hope that we're proven right, that we got a Cy Young Award winner. We didn't pick anybody up at the deadline, and everybody's angry, but, but we got a heck of a pickup from our system. That guy needs to be our guy for one key game. That's how it's going to shake out. But he's got to help get him there, too, if Ryan is hurt more than you think, because now he's going to be part of your rotation on the regular. Speaking of on the regular, we got three more leagues to do like we do every week. What's next, Justin May? Let's go with the NBA. The NBA, now I'll be honest with you, I changed this based on breaking news this morning because somewhat sad news, Ricky Rubio is putting his career on what is called an indefinite hold. The reward retirement was not used, but Ricky Rubio focusing on mental health will not be focusing on an NBA career anymore. Buy or sell that he's one of the biggest untapped potentials in Timberwolves history? Uh, I... I sell that. I don't think he was all that talented. I think he was way overhyped, especially by our fans and our people here in the state of Minnesota. But what has he done outside of Minnesota? What has he done anywhere? I wish the kid the best of luck. I hope that uh, that things get more normalized for him. If he needs this break, uh, things are obviously not good. So I'm not really too worried about his basketball career. I hope he finds Ricky Rubio, the human, and figures that out before he even worries about going on the court again. Justin's right about that part. He's wrong about Ricky. Um, if you looked at Ricky before his knee injury, when Adelman was here, 
Ricky did more than just what you see now. He was scoring. He was really orchestrating an offense. He got hurt. So, yes, I think in Timberwolves history, he's going to be one of those guys. So I'm playing the middleman. That's the fun of having the question and getting to go third because just as I bought Keiko, but I did it with hesitation, I did it on clearance, I'm going to sell and maybe have buyer's remorse or seller's remorse off of this take because I agree with Justin. Ricky Rubio was maybe the most likable Timberwolves player, maybe the most exciting passer the Timberwolves have ever had, maybe the best locker room presence the Timberwolves have ever had, but he couldn't shoot to save his life. He was five on four a lot, and it just wasn't something that unless you had offensive stars around him, that was really worth having. So I'm not sure that there was any untapped potential because I don't think he ever was going to have a money perimeter shot. I just don't think that was his game. Now you could argue, well, point guards don't need to. Well, not today. They, they actually do need to score a little bit, and Ricky Rubio wasn't going to be that way. I wish him well in all facets, just like we've all said already, but just as Justin said, I think his best basketball played in the Olympics. I don't think in the NBA he was ever much. He would have been a great role player. I wouldn't even have had him as a starting point guard if I didn't have to. So two down, two to go. Justin May, where are we going next? Let's go with the NHL. All right, so the NHL, this stems off of something that was airing last night after the Twins broadcast ended. And it was one of those Getting Wild, hosted by Anthony LaPanta, and the subject, or the player that was profiled, was Matt Boldy. Now, we know he got the huge contract. We know he's disappeared in back-to-back playoffs. But we also know that it seems like he's being counted on to be Robin to the Batman that is Kirill Kaprizov. Buy or sell that he can do that. I'll buy it. I, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about it for months, that we all really want the kid to succeed. Obviously, Billy Guerin really believes in this guy, so I think we have to. Um, I think Billy's been a, a great, um, how do you say it, positive to, to Wild fans and to the way that he maneuvers and the way that he makes his decisions. And he always makes it with his heart, and I love that about him. And he obviously believes in, in, in the kid, so I do too. Key word, Brian, was can. Can he? Sure. Is he is a different question. He makes me really nervous because he's got a lot of really good skills. Right. But he's kind of a, he hasn't put it all together yet. And that might just be because beyond Fiala, he's just kind of played with a bunch of guys. Uh, and maybe when you put him with another player who can play at his speed and his at his mind, he'll be fine. But it is a little nerve-wracking that, like you said, he's, had one really nice stretch. Right. But that's kind of it. So I'm going to give you a reason, and then you tell me if I should buy or sell based on it. Neither one of you can chime in because, again, with the Boldy situation, we do immediately think of Fiala because Fiala was the last guy to be put in that same type of scenario. So I think Matt Boldy has a much better all-around and much better 200-foot game than Fiala did. That's why they were so readily able to part with Fiala. But if he's exerting that much for 200 feet, can you be a true Robin to a big scorer like Kirill? So I'm not sure based on that, because that's my theory, but that means am I buying barely or am I selling barely? Justin, go ahead if you got a thought. That means Dave doesn't know. Justin, go ahead. Dave has an idea. I think you're dead on. I wish Fiala was still here, and then we'd have Batman, Robin, and another superhero. We'd have the Riddler. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and the Riddler. But I don't, I, I mean, that's the great question, the great part about everything that we've said so far is we don't know. But it comes back to Billy Garen having the faith in the kid, so he sees something that we haven't seen yet, and hopefully it comes out. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it, Brian, is if Billy Garen's right, Landeskog does it. I mean, there are guys who can do the 200-foot and be a scorer and be the number one or number two guy, um, but Landeskog, right? So you, you have to hit a level, and I don't know if Boldy's at that level. I don't know if he's a top ten guy in the in this, in this the sport. right. So we'll close it out with the NFL, Justin May, and this one's real simple in terms of how we're going to phrase it, but maybe the answer isn't very simple. So the preseason kicked off back on Thursday with the Hall of Fame game. The preseason for our favorite team, the Vikings, kicks off this coming Thursday. I talked about what it meant to me in 1992, but bear in mind I was 13 back then. Now I'm 44. Buy or sell that NFL preseason football does anything for you? Sell, sell, sell. What have we seen? People already getting hurt. The end of a season for an offensive lineman. You know how I feel about this meaningless stuff. I just not a fan. I I 
it, so Justin's right on everything except I'm a fan. Um, because <laughs> everything he's, except for the right, word self. He's, he's right about the the injuries and all that stuff, but you know who takes advantage of it? Kids. And you know where my, my love of rookies and players that need a break. We have a wide receiver named Lucky, right? Uh, we have a running back we just picked up from the XFL who was an MVP in the XFL. And it wasn't he hate me. I'm bummed. No, but uh, those guys need these games in order to show up and put stuff on tape. And so I love the games. I agree with Justin. They they are a magnet for people getting hurt and ending careers. So that's the bad part of it. Um, so I guess I'll buy, to, what did you say, on the clearance rack? Yes. So I am being the most timid in terms of commitment that a guy can be, and that opens up a whole another Pandora's box with guys having commitment issues. But I'm going to buy just barely again because I will watch it and not care about the results, and that's kind of refreshing to me because I don't do that in any other sporting event probably. But I'll buy it because it gets me into that mode. Like our fantasy football draft will be here soon. The regular season for football will be here soon. I love talking about football, minus the NFL draft. That's a joke. But that's a different story altogether. But, well, let's not get into that again. It's not April. And you're two-on-one here. Justin and I agree on that. But NFL football is fun to talk about, and it gets me going that direction. But I'm also the person that doesn't want to wish summer away, doesn't want the injuries that Justin talked about. The games don't matter. It's refreshing to sit back and watch it, but it's also, okay, I don't have to care how much am I going to watch it. So I'll buy it to get me ready for football, to be Hank Williams Jr. about it, but I'm not going to, you know, do cartwheels over it. So that's what that is. But I will do cartwheels over the housing market, courtesy of you, Justin May. One more time with that number and that website, how they can reach you. 218-310-9559 or log on to MZR.com. 